It is the 10th episode of the Mindify Crash podcast, and it's the 10th month of the year. Coincidence? I think fucking not. It's October. Halloween's right around the corner. I can fucking smell it. And I am excited because today's guest, backed by popular demand, and only, only to be called by his October name, Maxwell Salem, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right, brother, we're live. Thank you for being here once again. Hell yeah, man. Appreciate you having me back on the show. It's always a good time coming out and chatting it up a little bit. Absolutely. Do you feel a little, you know, spooky on the drive out here? Honestly, yeah, dude. Uh, rolling out this way, you uh, roll by the water, the... It's been raining on and off, so the the leaves are all wet and weird, and uh, you know, winds blowing weird, and it's just yeah, the spooky vibes are definitely out right now. It's in the air, dude. I fucking love this time of year though. Like this is a lot of people say like it's like cuffing weather. For me, I mean, I'm down with it, but <laughs> it's like go drink apple cider, eat apple fritters, watch scary movies, fucking straight sweater weather. It's it's the whole ass vibe for me, and mm-hmm. I fucking love it. Yeah, I feel you there. I'm a sweater guy, dude. I, I, I get down on sweat, like hoodies and shit like that. Like If I'm rocking one thing, like as soon as it gets like even a smidge of coldness out, like I'm throwing on my favorite hoodies and fucking you know, whatever jeans I can rock. But yeah, I'm a big hoodie guy. If I'm buying clothes, I'm definitely getting some dope hoodies. That's always been my go-to move. Um, but you know, it's funny because like, as far as like apple fritters and like apple pie and all that shit that comes out right now, like I'm not really like that kind of sweet type of guy. Like I'll fucking get down on some candy. Like last time I yep. know everyone who saw, I brought my fucking trolleys out. Like I love shit like that. Like sponsor him. Yeah. For real. Trolleys shout out, <laughs> sponsor me. I eat that shit every day. Got the 10 pound mega bag at uh target the other day. So ripping through it. You're not fucking around with that, huh? No, dude. I don't play no games when it comes to trolleys, bro. Oh, my God. I love it. And you you know what? To be honest, like, you are a sweater guy. You got so much fucking dope shit. I remember when we were younger, the one sweater that I always thought was the coolest, but I couldn't rock because I feel like it'd be like a poser move, <laughs> was your guys' hockey sweaters. The fact that you guys had your 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 uh, laces. At, dude, that shit was so sick, bro. Yeah, I was a big fan of that, too. My dad tried to do something like that, too, uh... With the Old Town hoodies, he threw laces in the top, like hockey laces and shit. It was fucking dope. Old Town merch is always on point, though. Yeah. I know. I love going to the bars, and I'll see people out, like, rocking shit. Like, Matt Music always wears the Old Town shirts out. That shit fucking cracks me up. That's awesome. And it's just people supporting. Like, especially, like, because he never worked there, did he? No, never. See, and that's what's cool is, like, people just want to support. Yeah, absolutely. That shit. Never disappointing uh, when I see people that I grew up with and, you know, that I see as good people like coming out and buying hoodies and anything from, you know, Old Town or even just, you know, my dad's Amherst, like, I think it's like Comet Apparel now or something like that. Yeah, I, I definitely. Can't remember, but, uh, yeah, it's always dope to see people coming out and supporting, especially because my dad's so awesome and, you know, just all that shit is good. You know what I'm saying? Facts. So, you know, we kind of got an idea of what we're covering today and a lot of it is geared towards this month, the month of October, the, the spooky season. And I really wanted to start by us just talking about like, you know, Halloween parties, costumes, and all that fucking goes into that. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about like some of our favorite fucking Halloween costumes. Um, you know, my favorite one I've probably ever been, cause like I've never, I guess I've never really like dug like too deep into it. Like, um, I really fucked up and missed an opportunity when I was at Kent, um, doing a Robin big costume with my boy, Willie, like that would have oh, been fucking God. amazing. Like we really fucking missed the target on that one. Um, but one of my favorites probably was when I was, uh, 
which is so fucking just thrown together bullshit. But I was American Jesus, and I went out to uh, OU, and uh, I literally had a, a tank top on, American flag tank top, American flag bandana tied around my head. Uh, I think I had American flag underwear on and a fucking, like, just some shitty-ass golf robe that I, like, half-finished from high school. And I just fucking threw it on so it would keep me warm if it got cold through the rest of the night. Dude, we were with we were with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, real quick, let's just talk about that party because the fucking jungle juice was even Halloween-themed. Yeah. But my favorite part about that entire party is when I was fucking Fifty Shades of Black and had to go piss... Every time that poster of share in the fucking bathroom, the mm-hmm. only piece of decoration is a is a pop artist from the fucking nineties, and she's just looking at you, eyes locked while you're rocking a piss. Who yeah. do like who the fuck put that there? Honestly, and that's so funny for like a college like oh dude, college it was setup, right where like, it needed to be. That shit always cracked me up. Like you never know what the fuck you're gonna walk into in like a bathroom in college and shit. I remember my buddies that I lived with my last year, but, but like when I first met them. They had a house in uh, Providence in Kent, and uh, they put the one dude, my boy Ben Thurness, uh, covered his bathroom with like uh, boxes of of like his favorite like snack food and shit like that. There's like granola bar packages, gusher packages, fruit by the foot, fruit oh roll up, like my God. all over the whole fucking thing, like. You think you're going to see beer ones, but like, nah, you walk into my boys and it's just a bunch of fucking snacks. I was dying, bro. <laughs> First time I saw it, I was like, I got to get a picture in front of this. This is amazing. Dude, I've never heard of that. And like, it's just like, that's some typical college fucking shit right there, dude. Yeah. You never know what the fuck you're going to get when you walk into a bathroom. But... Oh my God, dude. I was notorious for like rocking costumes twice. And not so much. It was just like maybe lack of creativity or I was just too concerned with the actual party itself. Yeah. But like a lot of it's like you got to have some balls to fucking be creative with your costumes. And like sometimes like your your embarrassed side comes out for me at least. And it's like, oh, man, like that would be so sick. But I don't know if I want to do it, you know. So I remember. When I when I was a kid, probably like uh, I don't know, first grade, mm-hmm. I, I, I watched Grease for the first time, and I love John Travolta in that movie. <laughs> I thought it was the coolest thing as a kid. Fuck yeah! Literally, still love that movie. Oh yeah, it's still a fucking banger. Mm-hmm. I went as uh, one of the T birds, so my mom made me the little T birds leather jacket. <laughs> you know, slick my hair back, little fucking dude. And then I don't know, probably ten years, no more than that. But, you know, then I'm uh, 19 years old and we're going to another party and we dress up as the outsiders. It's like, how did I go as a greaser twice in my life? But it came so natural. It was such an easy costume because yeah. it's jeans, T-shirt, leather jacket. Yeah. Pack of smokes in the sleeve that. and you're good to go. And that's exactly what we did, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Let's do it for Johnny. Yeah, fucking do it for Johnny. <laughs> God, your mom's a beauty for throwing that together, too, when you're a kid like that. That's oh fucking God, awesome. God, dude. And that, yeah, like she... She did that simply because I was so passionate about that that costume, you know? Mm, yeah, and it's not surprising at all, like, especially from your mom. Or, honestly, any of our moms would have done that shit for us, but, like, for her to, like, see that and throw it together, that's so fucking dope. She could have been like, yeah, let me see what I can find in the store, but she's like, I, I bet I can yep. throw some shit together. And it's, like, before the days of Amazon, even YouTube, so it's not like she just watched a how-to video or found it, you know? So that's what's that's what's dope. I will touch base, though, Uh, so this year, you know, I have to think, what the fuck am I going to do for Mm -hmm. Halloween? You know, and, and, and am I actually going to do something? So it's Mia's first Halloween. 
I got to take some pride in that. And I'm not <laughs> sure if you noticed when you walked in, but I, I, I wanted to be creative. I wanted to be relevant. So we are going to be uh, Joe Exotic and a, and a baby cub. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. That Mia's first Halloween. And Jocelyn's got a wedding that day, but she saw the outfit and is so fucking mad at me. She's like, there's nothing else you can do. And I'm just like, nah, no, I got to do it. Perfect. <laughs> Walk around. So the wigs here and the earrings and the fake mustache. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on at some point on the episode. Dude, fuck a fake mustache, dude. Just fucking leave yours. Shave everything I know. else off. Dude, but. Can you imagine me the next day at work? They're going to be like, what the fuck is that? A Fu Manchu? And we're like, yeah, baby, dude, come on. Dude, leave that shit, dude. Walking, I'm fucking Joe Exotic. Who wants to buy a fucking car right now? Oh, my God. I should dress up like that for work. Dude, people would fucking eat that shit up. Oh I guarantee my God. it. They're walking to you before they walk over to somebody else. Absolutely. I don't know how the rotation works for you guys, but if they oh, walk no, in and see first come, jo- first serve. Yeah, if they walk in and see Joe Exotic, they're coming to you because you're fucking, you're already making them laugh. They're like, Let's oh, I go. fuck with this guy. Or it's going to be an old scared grandpa like, what the fuck is this guy doing over yeah. here? Like, but at the same time, bro, like during fucking COVID, like even my dad was, uh, even my dad watched, um, Tiger King. Yeah. He fucking watched yes. it. What do you think of it? Did he Dude, was like, what is this? He watched it like probably like two weeks later than everybody, um, at old town. And then he like comes in, he's like, you guys watch that uh, Tiger King show? And everyone like looks at him like, what the fuck do you mean? Did we watch it? We just <laughs> talked about it two weeks ago. He's like, man, what a weird guy. Like starts getting into it. And we're like dying laughing. Cause like, we've already been through this. We've like, dove into every like nook and cranny of how weird this fucker is like every weird possible scenario that's come out of it and that could come out of it and like all my the dad, conspiracies like, yeah all the conspiracies and my dad rolls in like right to just like fucking sp- like spark it up again like <laughs> alright boys fucking fire it up like Daryl's here to chat like we're ready to go oh dude. my god oh so fucking funny he's like that's a weird motherfucker like he did not he just he like couldn't fathom it it was so fucking funny typical parent thing to do and like that's gonna be us one day just totally behind on the trend but not not too much to to where it's like what the fuck are you talking about but just the it's like r- arriving fashionably late yeah you know but at the same relevant. time at the same time i was thinking like we might be like we might be good like we are the generation that created um yeah, binge watching on top of shit yeah, yeah like yeah. a fucking show gets released and like 90 per, i mean not 90 percent of the population but like a fuck ton of the population will fucking pull like an all-nighter and rip through one season of a show in fucking 24 hours or like 36 yeah. hours because that's just how people do shit now and then wait another year for the next season but know everything that like it's good that's insane to me oh yeah i love it so yeah you're right in that ways and i think that like regardless of how old we are we're we're probably always going to be the cool dads. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not I'm not. Stressing I love that it. you just said that. That's so fucking funny. It's true though. You I know. Mean, yeah, you're probably not far off. Like realistically, <laughs> we're not really like we're not dad. Like we're not dressing like dads yet. Like I was making fun of my little brother uh, Dylan the other day. Obviously, you know who that is. But mm-hmm. for whoever doesn't. He was, we went somewhere and I turned and looked at him and I was like, dude, you look like more of a fucking dad than I do. And he just like looked up and down his outfit and goes, yeah, you fucking jealous. I was like, honestly, I'm fucking not. But like typical Dylan response, probably yeah, the like, best response he could have. Honestly, he's fucking rocks it better than I do. So fucking rep the slacks. My guy, you look, you look good. Dad. Oh my no, God, dude. It. His outfits have been on fucking point lately. Talk about the outsiders. He was on his fucking soda pop Curtis vibes probably a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I had a comment on it. Like. Bro, you're killing it. I know. Killing He's got it. the weirdest swagger, but like it works. He, yeah, he reps it, dude. It, it works like just 
full force, man. He's he's always been a killer with his outfits. Like, if you weren't sure what to wear in our house, like you would always go to you would always go to Dylan and be like, spot hey. check it. Yeah, like, hey, what do you think about this? And he'd just like look at him like, yeah, it's cool. And like, it was never like a huge recognition of like, yeah, that looks dope. It was just like, yeah, it looks fine, or like, yeah, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. And if it was, if he was like, yo, that's fucking dope, then you're like, all right, I must be fucking doing something right. Like, this is a slick fit right here. Hell yeah. Straight smash, no pass. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So let's also talk about fucking Halloween parties, because regardless, I feel like regardless of where you're at in life, even as a kid, Halloween parties were lit. As we got older, they stayed lit. And once we got to college, they were fucking insane. Yeah, I agree with that. What are some of your favorite college, not even college, just Halloween party stories? Um, You know, I hate saying it like this, but like. Kent never really had that great of like Halloween parties. Like they always got shut down early. Like honestly, most of the time I try to leave is like leave Kent for Halloween. Um, but the one I do remember, I mean, OU was amazing. I could go on and on. Oh my God. We killed that week, dude. Yeah. That was fucking insane. Um, but the one I went to in, um, in Kent, when I stayed around, um, RIP to two fucking legends, um, James Bryant and Kenny, Hell yeah. Kembo. Um, they rolled through and I know where this story's going. I think I can't remember what James was, but Kenny was in a fucking giant cardboard yes. box as a box of fucking Newports. Menthol Hondos. Yeah, and he was walking around with a fucking bottle of Henny in his like in the cardboard because it was so tight to his legs, nothing could fall out. So he would, or he would, or no, it wasn't even that tight to his legs. It just, you couldn't see shit. So he'd bring his arms in and be walking with one arm out and then his bottle of Henny like on the inside. So he didn't have to have it in a bag or like hide it from anybody, even though he was like probably fucking 18 or 19 years old. He definitely wasn't 21. So I end up seeing him probably at like three in the morning that night because I lost him at one point in the night. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find him. Then this chick ended up fucking cracking her head open. So I had to take her back to the dorms. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was like it, it got dark. It got spooky real quick. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that. What oh, my God. Fuck? It just it happened quickly and we had to act. Yeah. No um, shit. And no one else was trying to stop partying. I was like afraid. Yeah. So got her back. I'm like sitting on the um on the steps of wherever Taylor Crewman's dorm was. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's dude. Don't you guys have a picture of all you guys there? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think I on know the exactly stairs. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about with like Hyder and him and you. Yes, I think. Yeah. So we're. Um, I'm just sitting there smoking a cigarette, like minding my own business, and I just see like a wild Kembo, <laughs> just a giant Newport box, just like walking. I think he's singing, and like so as he gets closer, dude, he's just eating chips. And queso, just walking down the street. And I'm like, where the <laughs> fuck did you get chips and queso at 3 a.m.? For real. He's like, well, I walked into convenient, took them, and I walked out. I said, all right, there we go. Hell yeah. Let yeah. me get some. We ended up sitting on those fucking steps, just smashing chips and queso. Yeah. Probably for a good hour, just bullshitting. That was a wild, that was a wild night. I think I still was living in the dorms when we did that too, honestly. Yeah, because because Chick cracked her head open on and, and at Sherman. I know you weren't living there that. No, yeah. because that was like the most, like, that was like the weirdest thing. Or not weirdest, but like, that was like, I felt uncomfortable for a second because like all these people came up to see me and like party with us. And then we're like, all right, dope. And then everything like essentially got shut down almost like immediately or not immediately, but like fairly like quick yeah fairly quick and then there's like all these people i know that are just fucking chilling they're like all right well like where do we go and like i literally like told the guys that lived at that house which like 
thank God that they were like chill about it for the most part. I was like, yo, we're probably just going to fucking chill here and drink on the porch. Like, I don't, I know you don't really know a ton of these people, but like, we're going to chill here and drink. And they're like, yeah, dude, like, don't worry about it. Just, you know, kind of, you know, the whole like be respectful thing. And yep. it like ended up being fine. I think like James and all those guys ended up finding somewhere to stay and shit like that. But, um, it was it, it like that's why like it was like a bummer like it was such a funny situation like Kenny walking around in that in that outfit and like James walking around in his outfit I can't exactly remember what he was but like the potential for like absolute like chaos was just so like it was in the fucking air you could feel it and then just like Kent Kent cops just fucking shut shit down so quick and like yes. that was such a fucking bummer like I get it they want to keep shit like chill and like a couple years before I got to Kent things got crazy a couple times but at the same time like it's fucking halloween dude like let people just do their thing and you're probably really not gonna have many issues like fact so that fucking pissed me off but you know i'll never forget watching kenny fucking roll around in a fucking newport box so that was absolutely fucking hilarious oh my god awesome and like dude i don't know how much time he put into making that but good for him bro because i didn't even know that's what he was gonna be he just showed up and i kept trying i remember for the first 30 minutes i kept trying to process how he drove there in that fucking outfit because he jumped out of the car with the thing on it's not like he put it on he had it on yeah i was just like there you go boy yeah there he you knew, go he knew and he was like when i get there i'm fucking rolling out and like rolling out full gear like straight it's gonna be swag full blast. and yeah. he had two shorties with him dude like it's a fucking legend yeah. seriously r.i.p to two legends yeah absolutely james and fucking kenbo man god fucking, i love it. so many amazing stories of those guys i love we, those dudes i could never stop talking and it's just amazing. I will say, uh, out of all the good the good stories, two pretty uh, embarrassing ones, or just unfortunate ones. I remember young, probably junior high, seventh or eighth grade, and uh, you know I was real obsessed with uh, yeah, Bob Marley. Let's just say that <laughs> I like Bob Marley, so I ended up buying fucking like dreadlock. I ended up going as Bob Marley for Halloween to this Halloween party. And it was like, for my grade, it was one of the biggest parties every year uh, at the same house, the same host. Uh, we always just had a good time and they always would have like the haunted hayride and they take us on it. And we loved it. And like, we were at that age where like, we were like, some of us were starting to like drink and kind of like party for real. And some of us were still kids at heart. So it was like that weird transitional phase. And, so I'm there and I'm Bob Marley and everyone, all the parents are like, oh, why are you him? And I'm just like, because I like his music. They're like, oh, it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I and, am 12. I right. like his music. <laughs> I am 12. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit, motherfucker. We see your fucking hazy ass. Right. House. Yeah. Let me check your pocket for lighters. I'm yeah, like, Damn exactly. It. So so they end up getting a plot on me and they're like, hey, um, will you be in? Will you be um in the haunted hayride, will you scare the people? And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So like, all right, we're going to drive you back there on the golf cart. And they start driving me back there and fucking drop me off. And they're like, all right, just wait for the hayride. Leave, never come back. And I'm like, wait, I start playing it in my head. I'm like, I don't have anything to scare them with. And I'm fucking Bob Marley. What, <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah, joke was on me because they wanted to play a prank and then all the fucking dudes out there, the grown-ass adults, started scaring the shit out of me. Pitch Naturally. black in the middle of the fucking hayride field. Dude, I got played like a, like a chump. That's fucking amazing. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was, like, thinking that, too. I was like, oh, they must have gave him, an, they must have gave him some type of new fucking uh, costume. You're like, nope, so Bob Marley in the middle of the fucking woods. That's, like, some shit out of, like, scary movie, like, three or four, right. like, one of those spoofs. Like, you're walking around, like... 
or they're walking around and they hear fucking someone moving in the woods and they like <laughs> or in the fucking cornfields and they push past the corn and it's like fucking someone dressed as Bob Marley like oh what's up man like don't worry be happy yeah what the fuck are you doing here I oh, just chilling man and then he gets like ran over by a fucking truck or something like that oh my god dude and then, like, that's when it all set in as I'm like walking trying to find a good place to hide jump out and I'm like wait I'm still Bob Marley I'm like there's nothing scary about this I'm like yeah, I just got played all the way walking back. Chainsaws ripping, fucking oh, fuck mask. No. Oh, dude, Hell I was, no, dude. Oh, my God. You have no idea how fucking upset I was by the time I got back. The parents thought it was hilarious. Dude, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was the first scary movie I ever watched. And I fucking <sighs> pretty sure I hate chainsaws because of that fucking movie. Yep, yep. And dude, and I cut down trees for a good two years, and I still, anytime I rip up a chainsaw, I hit the me me me, and I put it over my head like I'm in the fucking movie. Uh, you have to; it's nostalgic. Yeah, it's fucking. It's a sender. I think there's a chainsaw uh, massacre on this MacBook right here. Um. Oh no, on the sticker. Oh okay. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say I don't see it. Um. So that one is definitely unfortunate. And then another time is when I went. Uh, at 19 as another greaser um, and we were out and like dude we were out in the fucking yeah we were out in the boonies bro and me and my boys are like probably the odd ones out because we are there on behalf of one of my buddies talking to some chick Naturally. so we were out of our, our element right um, and a fucking fight breaks off little do you know I'm not even trying to fight I'm just trying to grab my, my homeboy and pull him out this fucking brawl yeah out the scuffle and dude i i literally got picked up and thrown probably a good fucking five feet and Jesus. right to my back and i just remember it knocking me out and i was like whoa what just happened here you know and like honestly like you know no one ever ended up coming after me i don't even know who picked me up it happened so quick but i was just like huh that's a good way to fucking end uh end a good party right there yeah, just honestly. get launched dude. yeah and it's never like and i feel like when you're in a fight like you like the first punch that like happens and everything is usually like the deciding factor of it all. And then like yep. the other people that get fucked up, like are blindsided like that. You're like chilling, like kind of watching or trying to split some up. And then some giant motherfucker comes from behind and like throws you on the ground or punches you or like pushes you down or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was some bitch shit. And honestly, yeah, whoever was able to that. pick my big ass up, <laughs> I was going to probably say was next. whooping my ass anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know? You're probably better off on your fucking back yeah. than fucking throwing hands with this other giant that's there compared to you. Yeah. And I was just <laughs> feeling some type of way about it, but I remember being like, ah, whatever it, overall party was a party was a success. Um, but I got to stop partying out in the fucking country or yeah. out in a place where I can get abandoned. As Bob Marley. Yeah, them boys do it differently out there. They, yeah, they're a little bit different. Some but of it, the parties I went to out there were definitely, like, some weird things happened. Um, yep. Like, looking back at all that, like, I know how I had brought this up earlier. Um, as far as, like, Halloween and shit goes and stuff like that. Like, I remember, uh, or, like, in partying, I remember waking up for, like, Halloween Day and um, Fake Patty's Day and uh, Homecoming and, like, a few other things and, like, waking up and either, like, immediately popping a bottle of champagne like obviously like shit ass fucking like five dollar champagne um i'm actually about to go live for this right now because i know this is like totally um let's see this is totally all right we're live now all right dope all right so for anyone who just tuned in on my live on instagram um we are talking about how halloween parties are partying and like we brought this up earlier um about how 
waking up in the morning ready to fucking get after it on like Halloween or fake patties day or homecoming, all these things. And you're either popping open like a shitty bottle of champagne or a fucking shitty bottle of booze or you're fucking getting into some type of light beer and shit like that. Like looking back, if I could wake up and fucking get into uh, like White Claws or like any of those Trulies. seltzer beers or yeah, Trulies or anything like that yeah. and get after that all fucking day and like party like we did, there would be fucking no like five o'clock like I need food and I need to fucking like sleep or take a break or like, I mean, we didn't do that very often. But like, but it does room in the night. Like yeah. you're not lying there like that three to five o'clock time eventually hits and it hits hard. Yeah. And usually for like for me. It's not even food is going to help me at that point. It's like I have to sleep yeah. because there's no middle ground. Like especially if you're drinking, you know, like a shitty bottle of vodka or whatever. You know, if you're drinking liquor or even beer, at that point, it's just going to put its damper on you and you have to sleep it off. Yeah. I hate that fucking feeling, dude. Dude, TJ always used to get after um, New Amsterdam, which oh is my fucking God. hilarious now because Pink Whitney is made by New Amsterdam. You told me that shit hits too. Yeah. So like the fact that like that's a thing now and he's like getting at like he like God, I fucking hate saying this, but like he fucking almost like started that, you know, like it's kind of fucking funny, like because he would drink it and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, how the fuck are you drinking New Amsterdam vodka? Granted, he was like mixing it with like Sprite Zero and like shit like that. But like at the same time, like he uh he was fucking just, you know, we're dogging him because he's out here drinking shit ass, uh, shit ass New Amsterdam. Now, Is New like, Amsterdam vodka? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's mainly vodka. That I don't even know if basura. they do anything else. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely not great. Um, but, uh, now like i mean i fuck heavy with pink whitney like that shit is good like yeah you told me you mix it with what sprite yeah dude i just that do it with sprite over the rocks dude or on that the rocks hitter, which, boy it's really weird to say like on the rocks with a fucking pink lemonade vodka but <laughs> you can fucking drink that shit all day it's fucking bomb but uh you know getting back to it like yeah if we would have been at ou drinking fucking like dude white claws yes yeah, i would be fucking sending it yeah i would be going all fucking night me and you would have the endurance of a fucking racehorse yeah i mean i remember like getting after it and then like eight or nine o'clock rolls around and you're fucking you're at a bar and you're like what do i fucking drink like beer or like liquor like if i yep. drink one more you know liquor drink i'm gonna be like on my fucking ass and if i drink any more beer i'm gonna fucking puke my fucking brains out but like right it was just so funny like the different types of you know things um that like could have that we that we have now that could have changed so much back then yeah yeah absolutely and it's majority so is like it was a lot of give and take like you had to play your cards right on those big events st patrick's day halloween new year's you had to play your cards because you're drinking all day you're day drinking so when it gets to that time uh, uh Inevitably, if you if you make the wrong move, game over. Yeah, you know, and you miss out on some of the best things because that that Shit. holiday witching hour comes around twelve one o'clock. You know, so those are like when some of the funniest things fucking happen. Yeah, people forget that it's a fucking uh, marathon, not a sprint. You're right about that. We forget. Yeah, you know, honestly. we forget in the moment. Yeah, once you're just you trying to have it. fun. Yeah, once you uh, start getting after it like that hard, it uh, you know, you forget about. The madness that can ensue. Oh, my God. You're absolutely right there. What's um, up? What's up, Scott? How you doing? What up, Jordo? Dude, you always have hella people on. I got three people on right now. I can't see who that is. So, the one thing that I will say is I love where 
White Claw has gone. I love their flavors. I love their variety packs. I love absolutely everything. I am not necessarily picky when it comes to the flavors of the Claw lineup. What I will tell you I don't necessarily like are the Truly Lemonades because of the amount of sugar. It kind of takes me back to the Smirnoff and the Loco days. Like It's just not a good feeling hitting the liver yeah. you know I, yeah i totally agree like i fucking grabbed one of those um uh the truly lemonades and shit and it just like i like grabbed a tolly and like i did not think what's up def um i did not think it was as good like a, as it was gonna be like i've i saw people at like sporting events and fucking all these different things like oh truly lemonade truly lemonade and i like i picked one up i was like just chilling like watching football or something like that with people or like whatever mm-hmm. the fuck I was watching. And I was like, this is like, it's like almost like aggressively, like the sugariness, like makes it like more acidic and shit. Yeah, like that. You like take a sip and you got the stink face. You're like, Ooh, yeah, you're like, what the shit. fuck? Like it, it it's definitely like a, a game changer. Like it's, it's, it's definitely weird. I guess you, you would call it. Yeah. Not, not a big fan, but I will say that. What's up, Mike? Thank God for seltzers. Yeah. Honestly. Simple as that. Yeah. They changed the game. Like, um, cause even now, like we went to my cousin's house, uh, I think it was last year and, uh, up in Michigan and they had like a surprise anniversary party for their parents and we absolutely got after it. There was like three or yes. four, like mini, like kiddie pools filled with, um, uh, White Claws and all these like different seltzers and shit. Dude, that's sick. Dude. I've never drank that many White Claws in my entire life. Like I honestly, first off, probably sound like a douche saying this but like i fucking lost count of how many i drank and we had a like two or three bottles of pink whitney people had like bottles of fucking bourbon and whiskey going around like that shit was fucking crazy like I, we took pictures that night no fucking recollection of that <laughs> i woke up the next day like love those of pictures like apparently i was like drunk and like took my shirt off and then my fucking dad took his shirt off too oh my and got God. a picture of me and him with our fucking shirts off it was the funniest <laughs> shit ever like what a fucking like mess of all things to get into and my dad was just like totally down for it and just rolled with it it was so fucking funny dude i love that i love getting fucking sent with the parents too that's always like just like a fucking awesome thing and me and you briefly talked about it like that that age of where you tiptoe from being a kid to being like grown, you know, like where you're like a lot of the shit you're doing is innocent kid fun. And then some of it's are like, I might fucking end up in jail tonight if I keep doing this dumb shit. Yeah, you know, absolutely. What's up, Morg? What's up, uh, Kristen? What's up, Andy, Jordan, Mike? Good to see all you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, 100 percent. Like. There's definitely like there was definitely that that line that finally got crossed. I think after like my first year away at college was like Absolutely. when things like I was like like with me and my parents, I was like, all right, this is chill. Like this is not chill. Like okay, I can drink with them. We can have the boys over and do shit like that. Like we really like. I hate that I'm about to tell the story, but I have to because it was fucking amazing. Um, so we. <laughs> got super super fucked up the one night like the first time we all came back from college and uh like some of my boys that i don't want to name like any names just because there's like a a decent amount of us but like long story short we got fucking hammered um we went bowling drank there because we all had our fucking fake ids drank more there and then came back to my house and drank more there and then we got the awesome idea at fucking 19 and 20 years old to go toilet paper somebody's fucking house oh my. after we've all been drinking together. And none of us are of age. I think maybe one of us was of age. 
So we fucking go and toilet paper this fucking house. We pile into one of our buddies, um, one of our buddies. Uh, parents fucking uh, like Yukon, like Denali's or whatever. And we go fucking toilet paper this house. Everything's fine. We like get through it. Everything's chill. We're like laughing. Like I'm pretty sure I was like hammer drunk, like running around smoking a cigarette, like throwing fucking toilet paper at trees and shit like God that. Damn. And um, we fucking get done and we're fucking on the way back and we're rolling out of this fucking neighborhood and fucking all of a sudden we see cop lights behind us. And we are like, we're fucked, dude. Like, every one of us is fucked. We're all underage. No one's fucking not sober. Like, Dylan it was, Dylan was with us. Dylan was like, so, Dylan was sober. And they're like, why are you driving your buddy's car? And he's like, or your buddy's parents' car. He's like, oh, um, I'm a big car guy. I've never driven one of these Yukons before. Like, my mom has a fucking su- a right, suburban a, a sitting a in a fucking garage. Yeah. God. So we totally, like get like, get out of it. Like, everything's fine. And, uh, he's like, so he like, Dylan's fine. Nothing happens. Our one buddy like rolls up and like lets us off the hook. Like I still feel so fucking bad about that. Cause I fucking love that kid. Like, and he's just one, of, he's one of the boys. Like it was the dumbest thing we've ever done, but like, honestly we would all do it to any one of each other. So it wasn't like a targeting type thing. Um, but, uh, the cops, like I think one or two of us like didn't give up our IDs and like the cops were like, Hey, fucking hotshot! Like, why aren't you giving us your ID and shit like that? And like getting pissed about that. And um, but it was like almost a really, really fucking bad situation that we like yeah. super luckily got out of. Especially because we were all definitely not twenty one and definitely fucked up. Yeah, dude, they don't play around. And like, dude, there's all those a lot of teetering on that scale of like getting close to your twenties, late teens, being away from your parents. You, you see a lot of different personalities. There's a lot of big egos and there's a lot of like those macho men shit too, you know? Yeah. So sometimes it's just, it's a little bit strange because you don't know what the other people in your environment are thinking, what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. What I've noticed is you get a lot of fucking, uh, testosterone-filled young men yeah. that want to start shit. And for me, that's always been like, uh, if we get into a fight, we're not fucking kids. They're going to take us to jail. Yeah. Like, it, shit could get bad real quick. Yeah. So it's just like, it's situations like that that always uh, kind of scared me. Like, is this fight worth what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, you know? no repercussions. We're not kids anymore. And I just, I don't know. It's situations like that that I, I feel like we have to be aware of as as men because th- there's even times today where I still think I'm a, a fucking kid. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so that that's definitely one thing, teetering on that scale. Um, yeah. I'd say, like, as far as, like, going back to where, like, drawing the line between being kids and, like, actually getting in trouble or not, um, probably, like, one of the dumbest things we used to do. Like, I don't know who all, like, remembers, but, like, Back in the day when we were younger, they used to have, um, like, cigars and black and milds and fillies and all that shit. They weren't behind the fucking counter. You could literally walk in Yeet. like they were, like, on a fucking candy rack, pick them up, and bring them up to the fucking register and pay for them like that. Like, they didn't have to worry about people trying to nab them or, you know, anything like that. And, like, dude, like, we totally took full advantage of that. Like, some of the guys I ran with, like, we used to do dumb shit and, like, roll in there and, like someone would decoy and like fucking you know start talking to somebody or like drop something or do something and then someone would like be on the other side and like grab some like black and milds or like other like random ass things and like dip dip. out of the stores like and like looking back like 
we're on like 58. Like there's no real easy way to get away from there. Like on, on like a bike or anything like that. And we were just only like on bikes. No one was driving or anything yet. And like, that was definitely some fucking sketchy grounds. Like if they would have nabbed us up, like first off it's tobacco. So we weren't allowed to be having it. And like second off, you're fucking stealing something like, yeah, they don't play around with that either. Yeah. It was definitely not a great choice by like any of us, but I don't know. There's like still there. There's like that middle age, um, of your life where like, um, you or like of your childhood to your like teen years where like you still kind of feel like you're uh, untouchable and like we were like teetering right on that edge and like um once we like got past it was like was when I finally was like all right like I can't be doing some of this shit anymore like mm-hmm. I need to chill the fuck out like things like you know I don't want to fuck everything up and then you know that went into everything with high school and some of the shit that um people dealt with in high school and shit like that but you know for the most part I'd say like. I kept it pretty mellow besides the, like I really did the, the more dumber shit, like the more reckless shit when I was like younger before I could like really be yeah. in trouble. Yeah. And I did you. So like a lot of it too, was just like the, the what up, way ass? we were living big dads, big daddy. What's up? Big dads. I see you. I need to get him on the show. Yeah, you do. He'd yeah. Be a good He's got fucking stories for days. Yeah. A lot of it is like, dude, we were just riding around town, mm-hmm. skateboarding, biking and, it was just us all day riding with a mosh pit of kids just like ourselves yeah we were gonna get into shit you know a lot of it was innocent fun but like i even remember like some of my boys riding through zip through on a tandem yeah to buy fucking beer and cigarettes when we were like i don't even think i was in high school yet you know who's who's letting that happen yeah so it's just it's fun shit like that but one thing i think we should talk about and i don't know if you actually know this story uh i'm gonna let all of them remain nameless but we have a group of people some of them were my friends some of them just we knew mm-hmm. um that stole a stole their dad's police car do you know this <laughs> yeah of course I oh my god drive around throwing eggs toilet yeah. paper anything that they had at pedestrians yeah, and that the was... funniest part is that they pulled someone over and yeah. literally went and got out of the car and walked up to him i, I remember know. watching the video he's wearing a hat the police shirt and fucking basketball shorts yeah what the fuck yeah like that is serious trouble that's yeah. fed trouble you'll go to the fucking prison for that yeah that was i remember hearing about that and like I played baseball with one of the kids who like was part of that. And I was like, and whose dad it was, I think. And I was like, what the fuck were you guys thinking? Right. And I think they were, I think they were, kind of, they were fucked up. Weren't yeah, they they yeah, were drunk. Yeah. And I was they like, did it a few times, which is even worse. Yeah. And I was like, dude, if I did some shit like that and like my dad found out, I would never fucking leave my house again. Dude, my dad was a cop. If I did that, he would fucking kill me and then yeah. send me to a fucking military school. <laughs> yeah, it'd be 100%. over. It would be over there. Yeah, we'd be absolutely fucked. Like, I just, yeah, I just, I mean, I still can't fathom that. And I'm fucking 27 now. That like, takes balls. Yeah. Who, who like, and I want to know how, one, one, who came up with the idea? Two, how did they all agree that that was a good idea? Yeah. How was it unanimously? Everyone's like, yeah, let's just fucking, let's fucking do, do, it. do it. Yeah. Let's record it. Let's document it. Yeah. Dude, like what? Yeah. What an actual fuck. I think I got a buddy that still has the video of, really? of him. Wa- the video is just um, oh, from okay. the cruiser walking up to the car. So the, the fake police imposter walking up to the car of the person he has pulled over. Oh, my God. That is fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Can you I imagine like being our age even now and like having a fucking like 
essentially like a child walk up to you <laughs> with like, braces yeah You're with like, braces what? walk up to you like license and registration please like get uh, no fucked. like that would literally be my first response i'm like you can fuck off and just drive away i'd probably get a good laugh and then be like uh somebody already did this from amherst so try a new trick kid and then drive off yep <laughs> like be original fucking do something different try and tase me first at least oh my god we honestly we should no we shouldn't let someone know but imagine if they reenacted that as a small film yeah that would be lit yeah, where's like, our good directors at? <laughs> honestly, yeah, who's who's fucking ma- who's out making fucking uh, independent shit? Like, honestly, on the IG, like, we need some fucking independent filmmakers, low budget film. We yeah, got it, and and fucking plot that shit together, and like, grab your like younger siblings uh, that think they can act, that uh, talk shit on all their live video games and shit like that, and throw them in front of a camera acting like they took yes. their dad's police cruiser and did some crazy ass shit. If they got braces, even better. Yeah, seriously. Highly encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I know exactly who you're talking about, too. That's, like, the funniest part. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Because did two of them? two of them had braces, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. And, yep. like, to think of the one like that and, like, like with braces and like asking for a fucking license and registration just fucking blows my mind. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! Like and, and and it's like it's it's like the the way our minds work at that age. Like all it took was just you and your boys to encourage you, and like you turned into a new person. Oh, 100 percent, dude! I was probably 150 pounds, soaking wet, couldn't even fight a grown woman at that time <laughs> in my life. And if they told me, uh, you know. If they told me to go do that and slap the driver in the face, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm a bad motherfucker. Let's go. And yeah, I'd right. run out there and do it. It's just like, dude, it, it, it's a to look back on that time, it's a beautiful thing because like you never had that much confidence and support from your peers than mm-hmm. you do when you're about to do some dumb shit as a kid. Yeah. Like you just don't get that support any other time in your life besides your young teens. Oh, without a doubt. And like it almost I think that's like part of why people like uh thrive and like really enjoy living uh with other people in college because it goes right back to that mentality. Like you're with your boys or like you're with your friends and like someone's telling you like do it you won't or like uh, I fucking bet you won't do it and shit like so, that. All right, and, like, I'm gonna show you. Yeah, exactly. Like go talk to that chick or go fucking rip fucking ten shots in front of everybody or whatever the fuck it is. Like I mean, dude, we used to what the fuck did we do? We had this weird thing when we were in college. Me and a couple of my roommates I think it was mainly me. I don't fucking know why. <laughs> I would I would take uh the bar mats at bars like you know like when you like oh when, my god when they're making a drink yes i know yes do you remember when i used to yes, do that and they were yes. all over my fucking room at yes Sherman? i do yep yeah and like it has like the little holes i don't know how many of you guys like know what i'm talking about but like it had like it was like probably like that thick it had like a bunch of holes in it so like when you're making a drink if it spills in it goes in there and like not on the fucking table and shit like that but like dude i have like a passion for drunk stealing those and i have no fucking idea why yes dude i remember being like out of my mind like at bar one four five uh where is that where willie worked yeah, he okay. really worked there, and then there was like, there's something else there now. I think it's like a, uh, of like a barcade or something like that. Okay, um, it was a pretty hip spot back then, though. It was yeah, like cool. yeah, because cool they had like a burger night, and then they had like live bands and like DJs and shit. So like that was usually where we like finished off the night. Like we had a lot of fucking fun doing that type of shit. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, I remember like being like 
up by the stage like dancing like with my friends and like singing like to whatever like probably like 90s or like early 2000s music like they were redoing and like waving these fucking rubber bar mats like yes. in the air and people were like what the fuck is in your hand like here you want to hold it too like <laughs> no I don't want to fucking hold a dirty ass bar mat that's yeah. soaked in the fucking shittiest well liquor and like anything else that fucking got poured on that thing before I fucking stole it and walked out like mom there for for parents weekend and she's like and honey that's why you don't do drugs yeah honestly like they look over at me like this dude's striking around a fucking rubber bar mat like don't fucking do what he did oh my god like i remember like putting like i'd shove him in my pants i'd have him in my hoodie like just so fucking stupid like goddamn but it's fun it was so much fun in the moment that's 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 what we enjoy i mean we're having a good time you were happy yeah that's what matters Mm -hmm. you know there's a few more things that i want to talk about but we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back yeah taking a break we'll be back kids tell your friends and uh don't tell your mother yeah don't tell your mother all right bro so on the fucking topic of halloween spooky shit there is something that i kind of want to talk about and i'm sure you probably have stories as well. And it's like, uh, you know, a good old fashioned ghost story. Um, I worked with some people when I worked at the Eagles Mm -hmm. um, and they were, they're awesome people. Um, I trust them with my life and their sister, their little sister um, was somewhat of like a median. She could see spirits and it was like a very interesting concept because I didn't understand it. I don't have the ability to do so. So it's like hard to kind of process things that you've never been through or you don't really, it's not that I don't believe, but I've never seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were just kind of telling me stories and I've met her a few times and she has the ability to, to see spirits, channel spirits, hear spirits. And it got to a point where like, if you watch her walk, if she's in a place where the spirit energy is high, she'll walk in a straight line and you'll see her move like she's moving out of the way for a person. Jeez. You don't see anything, but she does. Yeah. And she doesn't want to walk through that. You know, that's a sign of disrespect. And and it's honestly, to her, it's a bad feeling. She's labeled it very uncomfortable and cold. Jeez. So it's like, dude, that that's crazy to me to process that. Yeah. Um. So they moved into a house when they came to town. And when they started working there, they were new to town. They came to this house um, because the house before that was a problem house and apparently almost took their sister's life. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it gets pretty dark. So, you know, essentially she was seeing these spirits, and at first it was, you know, a lady at night visiting her. Uh, Black dress, white skin, uh, red hair or red eyes, one or the other. Um, And she would see her night night after night, and she would fill her head with bad thoughts and talk to her and was essentially tormenting this girl. Um, and as time goes on, and, and this is very common when you are in tune with the spiritual world, especially a, a dark and demonic spirit, um, is they can multiply. And if you are open to that realm, sometimes they're more more spirits are going to come out. Yeah. Um, it's like being uh, like a portal. So uh, over time, about three months time, uh, it turned into three. You know, there's three people there and they're visiting her and 
um, it, it, it gets really bad. It gets really dark. Um, and the sister that I worked with lived right above her on the first floor. The sister lived in the basement. And she would always hear her talking at night, hear things moving around. Um, Fuck that. Oh, dude, my God. Essentially. It gives me chills right yeah, now. It got so bad that they were making physical contact with her, leaving bruises, scratches on her back. What like the they were fuck? fucking with her. That's crazy. And there was nothing she could do. It got to the point where they said, if you if you try and stop us, because they were essentially trying to use her to keep multiplying. They wanted to be stronger. They wanted to fill that that area, that that portion. Whatever reason they were able to be in that house, they wanted to continue to bring more spirits there. Yeah. Evil spirits. Um and essentially it got so bad that one night fucking it sounded like the the house was everything in the basement was fucking hitting wall to wall. Boom, boom, boom and and everyone in the house could hear it at this point. Um and they went and when they walked in to because the door would not open, it was unlocked, but it would not open. Jesus. She was in there screaming when they got in. She was pinned to the side of the wall and everything in that room was pinned to the side of that wall. Dude. Everything bed dresser, everything like the room had flipped. It got so bad. They pulled her out immediately and yeah. moved. They, they technically still own that house when they came here. It was that bad. Really? And so I meet this girl and it's like, I don't doubt her. I don't think that what she's saying is, is dishonest. Yeah. It's I see a little girl and it fucking hurts to see that and yeah. to know that she has to go through that, you know? Yeah. And all is all is well now that they're gone until it comes back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And And that's the scary part is... Apparently, and, and this is all what I learned from them because I didn't know much about it. Um, as soon as your body is used as a portal for both evil and good, once you allow the evil to, to come in, mm-hmm. anywhere you go, it essentially can get back in. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a there's a certain things and rituals you have to do to prevent that from happening. But it's not so much of like the ooh spooky. It was alive and well and yeah. living in that home. And and it scares me because what about the next person that lives there? Yeah, you know, and it's like you don't disclose that. It's yeah. not like a like a murder or anything. So it's like, what the fuck? The the reality though was is there was a murder in that house. Yeah, I was just about to say. Like, yeah, there was a violent murder in that house. Jesus Christ! Um, and essentially, I think that that's what that lady was—the lady in black. Yeah, you know, and it just scares me because uh, why? her why did you pick a young innocent girl yeah and why did you torment her like that yeah it kind of like goes into like how like how does how do like yeah so if they like yeah they like chose her or whatever and she has that connection now but like where does that even stem from like as far how do you as, pick like, your host yeah exactly like that's what i'm saying like it, could that be some type of like before a child is brought into the world like if like as they're like growing if some type of like i don't even know like not even if like the mother like runs through like deals with some crazy shit and like that's how they get like introduced to it or like or if it's part of just like while their mind and body and and like spirit is developing Mm -hmm. like if if there's some type of like thing that like finds like these evil spirits find like a weakness and like yeah flaw in the in the spirit or the soul and fucking attach yeah 
And that yeah. dude, that's fucking crazy. It scares me. It scares me because I know that as children, this is this is my theory on things, that it does not mean that I don't believe in religion. You know, my mom had done a um, a reading with a guy that was on uh, Dr. Oz. You, I've told you this before. I don't think you have. So she did a reading when I was away at college, and he said, look, they, they did it over Skype or FaceTime or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said, listen, the less you talk, the better. I don't want information from you. I want to pull from your spirit. Yeah. He pulled all of us children. Our personalities, he said, you're oldest, you think you know him well, but his deepest demons he'll never reveal to you. Yeah. Talked about Liam, Gavin, Cain, Cain being the youngest, your youngest, you know, um, is obsessed with success. And he was young at the time. He was like maybe five years old. Obsessed with success has to be the best. It can be his greatest, um, his greatest power or his, his, his weakest demise, you know, like it's, it's, it's going to go one of two ways. Mm -hmm. And and that's how he is. He's a perfectionist in all ways and cannot handle loss, you know? So it, it was crazy how much he was like dead on. He says that the, the soul before a child is born, the soul finds the parents that best help it to fix what's wrong with the soul you know like those so the issues in my life uh people say i'm an old soul they say i'm this um i i have a lot of good features there's a lot of fucking bad internally Mm -hmm. you know and i think that the soul picks the the parents that are the parents in the life that is best going to allow them to work on those problems yeah so in some ways i think that those those evil spirits or those bad realms can attach to those weaknesses mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of people especially people that i've met um through you know my troubles with addiction that have also had wild stories with spirits and i think a part of it's the reason that they numb the pain with drugs you know um one other crazy fucking story is a good good buddy of mine that i actually sponsored was um telling me this crazy story about when he moved to this fucking haunted house in lakewood Mm -hmm. and this is going to sound crazy so hear me out on this yeah he's there and whenever his girlfriend would leave from work you know he had about an hour until he would leave and he would start to be feeling weird, weird pressure on certain parts of his body as if someone were putting hands, heavy hands on him. Yeah. Um, it got so much to the point where this 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 thing was fucking like touching him for real. Jesus. And like fucking doing weird shit. And he was like, bro, I know it's not my imagination. I was watching my skin move. Jesus Christ. You know, so this fucking evil spirit trying to cop a feel on him <laughs> and like do fucked up shit. Yeah. It got so bad one time that when he was fucking running out of the house because he couldn't fucking take it anymore, yeah, he ran past the mirror and fucking saw this old fucking lady Jesus. imprinted into the mirror, and he was just like, "Dude, I'll never go back into that house." Yeah, no fucking way. Like, what so do you it mean? Scares the fuck out of me. He moves to Michigan. He calls me one night, and he hadn't talked to me in months, and I was I was hurt over it because he just left one day and never came back. He calls me one night, and we talk. And he's just like, things aren't good. I am not doing good. And I just said, I miss you and I love you. Just come back to Ohio. Yeah. A week later, he committed suicide. Jesus, dude. It's just what? I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't fucking know that. That's terrible. I don't. I know that this shit isn't fake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, this is the reality, but it's why like why do you and it was a great it was such a good person. He's got a daughter, you know, like he's He's got a young daughter that's probably close to me his age. Yeah. You know, just fucking it's it's crazy to me. It's yeah. crazy that w- did it come back? 
Yeah. You know, like, and I don't want to speak on that because there's a death, but like, it, it, it just sucks. Like yeah. that shit fucking chilled me to my core when he told me that I was just like, bro, fuck that. Yeah. And he thought he, he was afraid to tell me because he thought that someone wouldn't, that, that I would judge him or not believe him because yeah. that is a fucking crazy story to say that a ghost was fucking feeling you up. Yeah. Like that does sound insane. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing you can read someone's demeanor and know when they're telling the truth. Yeah. 100%. He was not fucking lying to me. Yeah. You know? And he has no reason to. Right. If he was worried about telling some of that story in the first place, the last thing he's going to be doing is his cap and lying about it. Fuck. Yeah. And like, even like scrolling through this shit right here that I like brought up, like a lot of the main things I'm seeing is like, like demons and spirits and like all this like witchcraft type shit. Like they do. It's, it's saying that they prey on, on the mental illness and the mental weaknesses because like you said, like that's what a lot of why you think like, or people with, um, like facing other demons, not even like actual, um, literal demons, but like the problems of addiction and depression and, and all these other things that Mm -hmm. they're dealing with. Like, you it's know, a vulnerable state to be in. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so these types of you know literal demons and, and spirits that can get into their heads, like yeah, they attach to those weaknesses, and that's kind of like why it could go hand in hand with those types of things. Like, um, it's it it's fucking scary to think of, and uh, yeah, you know, I I have never, I've been lucky enough to never really have to, um deal with anything um in that type of uh real like darkness i guess i could say and so i can't speak a ton on it but i know i've dealt with enough loved ones and friends and family that have and you know you just you see um you see them when they're at their best and you see them when they're at their worst and you can read all of um you can read both signs of it clearly if you're close enough with these people and you you know so you can, you know, I could definitely see how it'd be, it'd be difficult for people to take that seriously because they could be seeing it as them facing the demons that they're dealing with, um, uh-huh. externally that we see and they could put it to that. But, um, at the same time they could be, you know, facing literal demons and, and mind games and shit that they have to try and fucking lay their head down at night and, and put to rest. And yep. obviously their brains are not being put to rest and put to sleep or whatever. And, I mean that shit. Fuck all that serotonin and all the fucking shit that goes into sleep and oh my God. healing your body uh, you internally. It. Yeah, that could fuck with you so much. So if I was being tormented at night, there's no way I would sleep. Yeah, dude. Like, it would. Dude, I would only have to see that one time for me to not be able to sleep in that house in that environment ever again. Yeah, and then how do you find the right person or the right outlet to find help for something like that? Because I know you know with the the world we live in. Everyone wants to judge. Yeah. Granted, things are a lot more open nowadays and like people are so much more open minded and understanding of like of uh, all these different diseases and mental um, mental issues that people deal with. And I think that's really been awesome. And like I really I'm really, really big into and I I meant to post about it the other day because people were talking about it. But like um, the whole thing behind uh, men's like mental health as well, like acknowledging. yeah, Yeah, acknowledging it, dude, like. I don't give a fuck. I don't know anyone who's out there who knows me or doesn't know me, but like I have no, I have no shame in saying like I go to a therapist. I've gone to a therapist and like, dude, mental health is such an amazing outlet to, or, you know, going to a therapist is such an amazing outlet to use it's a healing process. Oh my brother. God, dude. Like oh before I, I used to, you know, 
fight with one of the people that was trying to help me get into it. And I was like, I don't need that shit. I don't need that shit. Like I'm a man, I'm a man. I can fucking take care of it. I'll figure it out. I'll get through it. And once I finally started going, like looking back, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. And why did I go this long without it? Exactly. Why was I trying to face it? Like I was some fucking hard ass who like didn't have to worry about dealing with that shit because you know, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed Mm -hmm. to bury it down deep and just fucking push through it. And like, that's such fucking bullshit because I've learned so many coping mechanisms and things to help me get through anything I'm dealing with. And like the things that I found that were so healthy for me, like I know like a lot of people know I didn't play. I started hockey like late in my life, but as a 27 year old before COVID hit, I was playing fucking three times a week and using that as an outlet. It was, it's physical, it's mental. It's a test with yourself. It's gratifying to yourself because you're working hard, you're sweating, you're getting out the anger and the aggression, but at the same time it's rewarding because you're growing at a skill or something that you're passionate about. And then dude, I've even connected it, connected it as, as far to, um, tattoos man mm-hmm. tattoos are a very therapeutic thing and i know we talked about that the last time yeah. i was on here they're so fucking therapeutic you kind of get into your own world and you tap into dealing with your own pain and um conquering that shit yeah conquering the fear and the pain of what you're going through and like to me it, it's totally been used as something where it's like i'm dealing with this pain um and at the end something beautiful is coming out of it which is a huge part of our lives too a lot of the pain that you deal with in anything that you face day to day you're pushing through it to to get to the beautiful outcome whether it be yes. success or you know getting the promotion or getting a better relationship with your mother, father, siblings, girlfriend, wife, whatever the fuck it may be any of those things they all kind of come together and when you can use them properly it's it, it's just it's an amazing feeling you feel so much better it's a recipe for success yeah 100 percent. and i like that you talked about you know having no shame and seeing a therapist dude i when i had to look addiction in the eye i went to a therapist for close to a year and a half like every week for the first three months every day yeah so every day for 90 days and then every tuesday for a year and a half and religiously went not because I had to not because I it was it was expected of me because I wanted to yeah because there was healing there there was a safe environment for me to talk about where I'm at uh, how I'm feeling and to discuss with a professional on how I can overcome the issues in my life yeah you know on the tail end of that and the only reason I'm still not going is just because my my doctor is not there anymore Mm -hmm. she Dr. Rose is just not there and until she's into practice again I probably won't go because of the trust that I have with her is it's through the roof it's insane absolutely And, and that's a big deal it's huge. You have to have trust. Like, yeah. if, and if if you're a man listening to this, and you are even considering, find someone that you trust. Yeah, you know, you it, it, that couldn't be any more important. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. You have to be a hundred percent your yourself and real and want to acknowledge these things uh, in order for you to get better. Like that's that's the key. There is yeah. to want to get better and w- just the slightest bit of willingness to just be open. And, and honest with yourself and, and whoever's trying to help you. Yeah. Cause you know, with everything you have going on in your life and everything that people have going on in their lives, I should say, I'm not specifying on anyone. Um, it's good to be able to talk to someone that essentially a lot of it I've noticed too, is 
you're finally listening to yourself and the things that you have going on inside and you're putting them out there and you know you talk to this therapist and they they essentially like open your eyes to what you're thinking or open your make you understand why you're thinking these ways or why all this is going on and stuff like that and it's just like even sometimes dude like when i'm not even feeling like that terrible like i still always go because just to fucking talk to someone who's completely unbiased who can try to help and who you know is just a fucking ear to listen to sometimes that's even a huge thing bro because no one really knows what you know is going through your head every single day or, or what you're dealing with there's you know you can have a million fucking friends and and all these close people in your life and you can try and talk to them but it's it's never really the same as going to you're not going to open that door with them no you know? there's still always going to be um you know closed doors on things that you will and won't tell people you mm-hmm. know like i've been lucky enough to like my one cousin uh he's my best friend and I talk to him all the time about shit. He like, you know, he's really helped me through a fuck ton of shit. He's an amazing guy. Cam Grandow, dude, shout out. You're my fucking brother. You know, the fourth brother in my family. You're an amazing human being. And uh, it's, you know, to have that too is a huge thing. And I've also learned um, from from therapy to see that type of human in your life that is willing to be there for you mm-hmm. unbiased undisputed and completely you can be vulnerable with that person and that's like a huge fucking thing because like not everyone has that and not everyone has that other outlet so yeah. you know don't feel ashamed in looking for you know a friend to really feel like you can open up to it and, and and don't feel ashamed about not feeling like you can trust everyone and open up to everyone because there's nothing wrong with that dude there's absolutely nothing wrong with that yeah you're right and there's nothing wrong with 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 setting boundaries and just anything like that you know a lot of a lot of the reason that i pushed away a lot of people was because i didn't want to bother them with my bullshit i thought that i was going to be a nuisance one if i even talked about i didn't want people being like oh here he goes you know it's 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 a lot of it's just mental yeah you know 100 And, and what i've noticed from 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 seeing a therapist is a lot of it is just saying it, you yeah. know, like dude, the, the first time that I had to come straight out and say that I had a problem with addiction and to even just say like, I am a heroin addict. That sounds fucking insane. When you say it for the first time yeah, with, that, dude, I can and, imagine. It's, and it's your reality. Yeah. Dude, it was the hardest thing I've ever had to say in my life. Yeah. You know, the hardest thing I've ever had to say. And a lot of it is just why you know a lot of a lot of the help that i received was someone just asking me why why do you do the things you do why 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 Mm -hmm. and expecting a real answer yeah you know there'd be times where i would deflect because i didn't want to answer the question yeah and she'd cut it tristan tell me why you're not answering tell me why 100 pushing you to be better yeah find that person that's going to put it doesn't even have to be a therapist just like you were saying max find someone who's going to push you to be better yeah unbiased unfiltered yeah you can be yourself you can give it raw yeah you need it you need it to recover from whatever it is you're going through in life you know or just to be even like mindful or self-aware whatever the situation may be i noticed when 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 i am completely at peace with myself i am practicing mindfulness I am my best person. Yeah. I am my best, the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, take that time out to meditate. Meditate. Take that time out to reflect. Mm-hmm. Uh, solve and conquer. It. I love. I love that state of life. I love being there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a big part of why people are afraid to ask for 
help or to talk to a therapist or find a friend to talk to is just like you said, I think you fucking nailed it. We don't want to be a nuisance to people. Mm -hmm. And I think as in like in the, in our, um, in our world or wherever, or, you know, however you say it, I don't know. I can't think of what I'm trying to say, but like, as men, we're not, we're supposed to like be the ones who bear, you know, the cross of everything that's going on. So for us to have to feel like we have to reach out and put something on someone else is tough as fuck. Mm -hmm. And that was tough for me to accept. And I think that's like, looking back, I know that's something I've fully accepted as to why I got myself into the difficult situations I did, uh, previously or, you know, in yeah, previously in my life, because I thought, I was going to be a nuisance to people asking for help. Yep. And we're, and, and we think, um, and I don't even know where it comes from. Dude, this might be the sixties mentality, you know, mm-hmm. the 1960s mentality as we're as men just supposed to take life on the chin and keep fucking moving. Yeah. And in some ways, yes, if it's not that big of a deal, yes, I will take it on the fucking chin and keep moving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's some things that just simply couldn't, and shouldn't be ignored. Yeah. You know, look at it. You're only going to end up better after yeah. all is said and done. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of it's just knowing your enemy, whether it's anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, addiction, anything, yeah. uh, you know, eating disorders, knowing your enemy makes you makes you better. It yeah. makes you better than your enemy as long as you know them and every move that they're able to take. Yeah, because then you at least can develop develop some type of defense or yeah. attack on it to, to move through things. Because, dude, I've I mean, I'm not going to get super into it. But, yeah, there's been things where, like, I finally figured out a couple of my enemies and you know, my demons and shit. And I fucking completely found positive outlets to, to turn those things around. And yep. I used to fucking have to sleep with the TV on or like some type of sound going and all these different things because I just couldn't shut my mind off and, yep. and, and all these fucking issues I had going running around in my head. And you know, after the, the mental health and the steps I've, I've tried to take, uh, in those regards, like, dude, that's completely turned around, dude. I'll fucking lay down and pass out. And, you know, I'm definitely, I wouldn't say I'm like, you know, healed and, you know, quotations or whatever. But you're but aware. Yeah. You are mindful. Exactly. Being, yeah. I mean, just like you said, dude, being mindful is just so fucking huge and just not, don't fucking bury your shit, man. Cause that's, that's what kills you. And that's what fucking drives you into the, into the deeper holes and fucking Christ, man. Like mm-hmm. I just, you know, for all the people out there and I know so many people that, you know, have come to me cause they found out that I had, you know, I go to a therapy or went to therapy and, and they've come to me about it. And I'm just, I'm so blessed that people feel like they can come to me about it yep. and happy that they can come to me with questions to help them. Because like, we don't need to be fucking shooting each other down, man. We need to be helping each other up. Like mm-hmm. the shit we're going through right now, let alone everything anyone's dealt with their entire lives is tough enough. So, you know, build your, your family, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, whoever the fuck it is that wants to talk to you, build them up, dude. Don't shoot people down no matter what the fuck they're dealing with or what the fuck, you know, they got going on build them up, try and help. You know, there's, there's no, like, I really like that nowadays. It seems like there's no, like the whole like weirdness factor mm-hmm. of, of humans seems to be gone. Yeah. There's definitely, it's okay a, to be weird. Yeah. We're it's all it's weird. encouraged. Like be your fucking self. Yes. And I dig on that. Like there's definitely lines where I'm like, all right, some of this shit is like whatever. <laughs> right. But, right. But there's, I, I really dig the, the, the culture right now embracing a hundred percent being yourself. Like, I think that's so healthy for the world and brings out people that, you know, you might not ever talk to and or people coming out and talking about things they might not have ever, you know, brought up or discovered and all this different shit. So I, I, you know, I fully embrace that. I think that's fucking dope about what we got going on right now. Absolutely, dude. You, yeah, you couldn't have said that better. There's so many companions that I've made that 
if it wasn't for me working on myself, I never would have met, you yeah. know, and I know for a fact, like just looking, just looking at our lives, you know, comparing the two and I'm like, there's no way in hell I ever would have met you, let alone either of us would have stopped to giving the other one the time of day, you yeah. know, and I just, I, I do love where we're at in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the funny part, too. It, it can be from all walks of life. Like just because, you know, you see a, a painted picture, um, you know, a pretty painted picture from the outside uh, of someone, you know, that means absolutely jack shit. You mm -hmm. do not know what the fuck is going on in their head. Like just because you think someone grew up well or they have a good life or their family's tight and, and they come from good people and all these different things. That, that means mean absolutely nothing. nothing that man. means nothing. Dude. Yeah, and I think that is another barrier that needs to be broken down. Yeah, just because com people come from what you see or what our our world has painted as a good family, a structured or, family, right? Yeah, all these types of things that they shouldn't have any issues or that you know how the fuck do they have problems? Like look what they came from and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. And that barrier needs to be torn the fuck down because that is not that's not fucking true at all, man. Right? It, it, it's it's a like a privilege factor. Yeah, it's the exactly. Privilege mindset, and it's more so looked. So it's a it's held to a higher standard for people that look, also at the same time look down on it like yeah. it's a it's it's something that people perceive as a high standard that is also looked down on mm -hmm. is privilege yeah. privileged kids families anything it does not mean that they don't deal with their own demons everyone deals with their own fucking demons yeah regardless of what environment you come to us and someone on the exact opposite end of the world could be ha very well having the same conversation we're having right now because it does not discriminate. Yeah. Mental health and, and issues in life do not discriminate. Mm -hmm. And that's just facts. Yeah. I so mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well said. Um, going back to the ghost stories, though, do you have any fucking, do you have any little spooky stories? So I have um, one. Um, so my dad is a triplet. Which is pretty fucking rad. Um, How I don't know. I not? I, actually, I knew this. Never mind. I don't know that. Uh, yeah, he's he's got two brothers. He's a triplet with uh, two other boys. And then he has an older sister. Um, and uh, he, uh, he, he's definitely had some, um, some, some people come to him. And when I first heard about it, I was like, mm, like he told us. And like when it all first happened, like I remember how everything happened and I was like, what in the fuck is going on? Like my dad's like a, a pretty mellow guy. Like he's a very realistic person. Um, so for him to be in this weird funk and to be dealing with something that none of us could really comprehend or like read him about was super weird for me and my mm -hmm. siblings and my I mom. can imagine. So he, he, um, he was at church. I think it was Easter. Um, yeah, he was at, cause I think Easter is like when you go the night before or is that Christmas? Christmas, you go okay. on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Okay. So it was Christmas. So he was at Christmas mass, um, the, the, like the late night Christmas mass. And I don't know who all is familiar with like the Catholic church, but like a lot of people, when you go into the, to church at a Catholic church, um, they're just kind of like lightly playing music and people are kind of like chilling, like getting comfortable and stuff. And a lot of people like kneel down, uh, they'll put down the, the, whatever like that little like yeah cushioned railing or whatever and they'll kneel down and kind of like pray before and like pray and or thank 
you know, God and all these for whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And so my dad like uh, kneeled down and he closed his eyes and folded his hands and he looked down and he kind of started praying. And then he said he felt like a really weird feeling. Like he said he felt like he was all of a sudden just like by himself. And he opened his eyes and he looked up and the whole fucking church was empty. What? Yeah. Whole church was empty and it was dead fucking silent. And this little boy just slowly starts walking from the from the like front of the church where they do the mass like all the from way the up stage. to the stage. Yeah, yeah, from I can't remember what it's called. Oh my god. Anyways, yeah, you know what I mean. And um he starts walking all the way up to him. And he immediately knew who he was. He recognized them. And he's like he like walks up to him and he's like um I'm okay. I'm not suffering anymore. Um you need to go to my parents. Um they're not they're not doing well. You need to tell them that I'm not suffering anymore and they need to start living their lives. And, and, you know, just along those lines of like, you know, you need to go talk to my parents. Oh my God. So, um, so he like comes out of it and he opens his eyes again or whatever. And everyone's there again. And he's, it's just Aaron. He's, you know, with my, me and my family again. So he doesn't say anything to anybody. He kind of like lets it go. And then a little bit of time goes by and he doesn't know what to do. And I can't remember. I think he talked to my mom about it and she was like, you know, if that's, if that's something you feel like you need to do, then do it. You know, like, you know, whatever you got to do, I understand. I support you. And, um, I don't want to dive too far into what was going on with, uh, this child's family, but his parents just, you know, long story short, his parents had a really hard time with his death because it was unexpected. He was very, very young. Like it was, they didn't even see it coming. Like it was, so it was very unexpected. It was very, very difficult for them. And, uh, so then like, a little time later, I think Easter's in like May or something like that, right? Yeah. So in or oh, I think it's in April. I'm sorry. So it's in spring. Yeah. Yeah. Sometime. And so then on Easter morning, he wakes up and he said he could feel someone standing at the foot of his bed, and he fucking wakes up to this kid standing at the fucking foot of his bed. My mom's gone. It's just him in this in his bedroom again, or not again because he was in the church right, before, right. but it's just him by himself and the kids there. Yeah, and the kids there. My mom's gone, and the kids standing at the be- at the end of his bed. And like my dad, my parents had this railing across their bed. It was probably like eight inches off the uh, the bed, and his hand was on the fucking railing. My dad told me he could see his hand, and he was standing there. And he said, "Today's the day. You have to go see my parents, and you have to tell them that they have to keep living their lives and and all these things." And uh, and you know. He, he said, okay. And he went over there at like probably like 6 a.m. I'd say something like that. And Whoa. he fucking went to these people's house. Dude, he fucking banged on their door for like two hours before they let him in. He would, they were in their house and he was banging on their door telling them, your son sent me. You have to open the door. I need to talk to you. He told me to come talk to you. Like you have to let me in. He would go to his car and fucking warm up for a minute and then go back to the door and knock on the door again. And then they finally fucking let him in. And he like sat down and had this. Did they like, just not want to hear. They, yeah, they, they just didn't want to hear. They were probably afraid. They yeah. probably didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, and they didn't want to hear it. And then they finally fucking let him in, and he had like this, like, just like insane, like spiritual, heartfelt, like breakdown of just like everything, and talked to these parents and told them, "Dude, that's God working through him." Yeah, dude. Bro. Like, I mean, I oh know, my God. I, I know it's goosebumps. different than like scary stories, but like, holy fuck, like. I mean, and that's not even the first person that that came to my dad. That's the second time that happened to him. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. My my mom. I think my mom's grandma came to him too. I don't know. Does that he story, handle but... it okay? Or like, yeah, he always handles it fine. 
He's, okay. And, that, and that's more so like you aren't given anything in life that you can't handle. Yeah, I fully um, agree with that. I used to not, but I definitely do. I don't know necessarily if I'd be able to handle that. I think it would bend my mind too many ways mm-hmm. for me to process. Yeah. Um, but that's that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think. I hope they found closure too. I, I think for the most part, I think uh, it, it really did end up touching them and like Good. helping them and shit like that. Um, but I think, you know, my dad has this like huge mentality about like, he just always tries to do the right thing. No matter if it's difficult, no matter if he has to bite his tongue, no matter if he has to take one on the chin, like he just always tries to do the right thing. Yeah. And, like he will fucking tell you that. Like they'll be like, why do you do that? Why do you, my, you know, anyone will be like, why do you do that? Why do you put up with that? How do you put up with that? Like, and he's like, you know, I just try and do the right thing or the fair it's the thing. Right and, thing to do. Yeah, exactly. It's the right thing to do. And it's as simple as that. And like, there's people you meet in your life that, you know, you hear them talking and they're like, this is my mentality. You're like, this is how I live. And like, this is that. And like, you see it and you're like, mm, kind of bullshit. I know you. Yeah. What they say and what they do are two different things. Exactly. Yeah, right. But to, to like have my dad say that and like time and time again, have him like genuinely like back that up and like be real about it is, I mean, he proves it every single day. Right. You yeah. know, day in and day out because he is himself. He's comfortable with himself. Yeah. And maybe that's why he is used as a, as a vessel when needed, you know, like yeah. that's just to hear someone who truly lives the right way for yeah. the right reason at the right times. Um, you, you find, you find motivation and and inspiration in people like that, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if someone's asking him, why do you do it this way? Why do you do it that? And he says, because it's the right thing to do or because I'm just trying to, to, to do, to do it the way it should be done. Yeah. When I hear people say that I find inspiration, like that's, that's a very motivating thing to hear from someone that, especially when you, when you think highly of them, Yeah. you know, I think that's amazing. I think it goes hand in hand with, you know, whether you believe in God or whatever it is that you believe in, I think it goes hand in hand with that. There's some type of higher power of goodness out there too, working just as hard as, you know. Yeah. Some of the bad. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I think that's a constant war that a lot of us never see. Um, We indulge in both, you know, we're human. It Mm -hmm. would be insane to say we only live right. We only live bad. Um, but we kind of fight the good and bad internally within ourselves. Yeah. So does the world. So does every element. Yeah. In, in, in in the world that we know. Yeah. You know, it's a constant fight of good and evil. Um, and I like that you shared that, you know, I did not, I never knew that. Yeah. I never heard a story similar to that. Um, and I don't know if you saw my post uh, last month, but, uh, median came to my dealership oh yeah and she she gave me a message from my great-grandparents that i have had a really hard time dealing with their loss more so because i was so deep in the grips of addiction that i was i was around but i didn't even know that they had passed yeah because i was just so far gone from my family and reality that when they passed uh, it was asked of me that if i couldn't be okay and truly be there for the family that I shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And that's not like I, I took that as disrespect. That was, that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. I was not in the right place in my life. Yeah. So I didn't go. Yeah. And it was hard for me to deal with that. It was really, really fucking hard for me to deal with the loss of my grandma. Um, and I can imagine, man, you know, just never getting that closure 
And then when my, my grandpa passed away, I had just gotten out of treatment, literally the week I got out. Uh, but I got to say my goodbyes to him, nice. you know, um, and, and just having them come to me through her in just such a genuine way. Dude, I just remember like just crying, just in not in a bad way, just crying and crying and crying the whole way home. And I drive an hour. Yeah. So just crying for an hour, talking to my mom, got off the phone with her and just like feeling overwhelmed with that closure that I needed for years, for three years I mm-hmm. haven't had. And to just know that they're with me and they're with me when I need it. And she kept referring to, they were, we were with you that night. We were with you that night, you know, and I'm just thinking, um, and I talked to my mom and I just remember when the night Mia was born and Jocelyn was asleep and I'm holding Mia and I'm just reflecting on the, where, where my life is at. And I just remember thinking, I wish you were here, you yeah. know, like I wish you were here right now. Yeah. And to hear them say that we were with you that night, dude, it just, it made me be okay. You yeah. Know, I was good. Yeah. You can't get that type of, uh, closure anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, and thank God for people like that. <sighs> Fuck, you know? dude, that's heavy, my guy. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Shit. I'm glad that we talked about that, though. Yeah. Honestly, um, for anyone listening, like, we did not expect the episode to go anywhere yeah. on mental health or yeah. anything like this, but I'm glad that it did. Yeah, me too. I think it's, you know, you got to have the right ear there yeah. to uh, go down the path that we did, so I'm glad that we could do that together. Before we wrap this up, though... It's a huge week. Weekend's going to be even bigger for fight fans. UFC 254 and the main event is fucking insane. We were talking about it before the episode. Debatably, maybe the fight of the year. You're saying, depending on the outcome, depending on if they give it their all, this might be the the best fight in UFC history. Yeah. Um, I want to hear your take. I want to hear what you think on on, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov and Gaethje. Um, so, you know, I'm, I really respect both fighters and I really have enjoyed the amount of respect that's gone into, uh, the, um, like the time going into this fight, like the, um, the, you know, the trail of this fight has been nothing but respect between the both of them. There's Mm -hmm. neither of them are like, he's shit, he's trash, blah, blah, blah. There's been nothing but respect. They both know how powerful they are. They both know how talented they are and all these different things. And, um, even like the, the things about like, um, you know, Khabib saying he's going to take Justin, uh, Gaethje to the deepest depths of, you know, the ocean and shit like that. And Justin Gaethje saying, you know, he's going to, you know, um, just be, you know, essentially an animal and and, savage. Yeah. And, and these were, they were said respectfully, you know what I'm saying? They they weren't like, he's a bitch. I'm going to fuck him up. It was like, they're pushing each other. Exactly. And they both know that they're, they're going to push each other. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's going to be such a good fight. Um, and they're both very fearless. So it's not going to be, um, like Apollo Costo or not Paulo Costo. I'm sorry. Uh, Romero and, um, uh, why the fuck can I think Izzy? of Izzy? Yeah, an Adesanya situation where they're well, both... Well, no, Costa and Izzy. I mean, Romero somewhat fought him. I yeah. feel like Izzy or Costa just took it like a fucking punk. Yeah, exactly. Um, but 
I don't think it's going to be that type of situation with uh, Adesanya and oh. and Romero, where they, like they both know how much power and talent yeah. they have, and they're not going forward. Like Khabib is going to fucking press, and Justin is going to fucking oh, press. Yeah. yeah, and they're going to be throwing hands, and Khabib's going to go for his normal takedown move and try and get on top of him and ground upon him. And you know, people who don't know the UFC, they'll see that and be like, "That's fucking stupid. That's fucking boring." But like, that's as talented as it fucking gets. Right? Oh my there. god, that's that true dominance. From, right? Yeah, there. that's fucking stems back from GSP type shit, mm-hmm. taking people down to the ground and fucking ground and pounding them and essentially making them wish they never fucking stepped in that octagon. Yes, because um, the amount of fucking pressure and weight that goes down while they're grinding you and hitting you and just putting pressure points on the pressure points that a wrestler knows are crippling yeah. to the person on the receiving end. Yeah. So and you aren't wrong there. Yeah, if if Justin Gaethje can figure out how to get a good takedown defense going. I'm sure he's been practicing nothing but that. 100%. And I think the biggest thing, too, is Gaethje's been through the ringer a few times. He has two losses. He knows what it's like to come, come back. And also, when he fucking fought Tony Ferguson, he did to Tony Ferguson what Tony Ferguson usually does to people. Yes. It was like watching Garbrandt and Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz fought so unorthodox that no one could beat him, and Garbrandt beat him at his own game. Yeah. That's essentially what Gaethje did to Ferguson, and I fucking hate Ferguson because he was so dominant in his stand-up. Yeah. Him and... Gaethje fucking worked him. I mean, I was listening last night to a video, or I was watching oh my God, a video those of them. punches. I watched yeah, that on your dude, story. Holy those fuck, were dude. cannons. Listening off. to those hit and like oh. the combinations, like Tony Ferguson would go to like make a head movement and throw a punch, and Justin would already be he, have nope. already landed one nope. and coming back with his second. Yep. Like to be able to do that on someone like Tony Ferguson, and just like you said, dude, Dominic Cruz and Cody Garbrandt. I fucking love Cody Garbrandt. Such a good fight. And it was, dude. I think that is probably the best fight he's ever going to have yes. in, in his entire life. Oh, for life. sure. For sure. Um, he went into that being expected to essentially do nothing. Um, not do nothing, but like he was not expected to do that and, and make Dominic Cruz look that way. And so he didn't have the mindset of like, I'm going to fucking own you or like, he didn't have the same mindset he had going into some other fights where he thought he was fucking the shit. He thought he was the shit, but he was still unsure of himself. Going into the other fights where he lost, he thought he was the shit and thought he couldn't be beat. And that's where people get fucking... That's where people get mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to Justin Gaethje and Khabib, um, you know, I think I think it's really going to be a test for Khabib, too. And, you know, I won't lie to, you know, whoever's listening out there, I really fucking hope Justin Gaethje wins, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I respect Khabib and I respect what he does, but... You know, I'm a fucking Justin Gaethje fan, dude. I love seeing dudes fucking go out there and and fucking throw hands like that and be able to take shit on the chin and just duke it the fuck out. But yeah, they're know, bangers, bro. Yeah, they're K- bangers. Khabib's craft is is really unmatched by anyone, and I don't know if we've ever seen a fucking UFC fighter like Khabib besides GSP yeah. to do it. Yeah. And I think, I think Khabib. I mean, I know Khabib's twenty eight zero and. I don't think he's how old is Khabib. He's I think he's still under thirty. I think he's like twenty. Oh no, he's thirty two. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he does it. He's more specific to exactly what he does. Yeah, GSP could go in there ground and pound, but he could also fucking throw hands and knock people out. He didn't do it very often, and I know Khabib could do it too. But yeah, he doesn't do it. But when he does, he does throw bangers. The thing is, though, is Khabib is not recognized as a stand-up artist. Where with Gaethje, that is an American brawler. That dude fucking drops bombs. 
precision bombs. Mm-hmm. If the, here's the thing, in 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 a day to day, you would walk by either of those as those are little men. Yeah, they would fucking put me down. One yeah. of one of Gaethje's punches would put me down on my fucking ass. Yeah, like you nothing. know, like nothing. That is a that is a very precise brawler and. Khabib has never fought anyone like that. We no. talked about that before the episode. The main thing being is, yeah, Khabib did fight Connor. Connor's pretty precise with his punches and his kicks, but that power, yeah, that power and that cannon fucking toss that that Gaethje has, yeah, it, it's a scary place to be. Yeah, obviously, Khabib, in order to get a takedown, has to get in and get up close and tight with him. That's where Justin fucking thrives. Yeah, exactly. He's a very compact, bulky fighter. Yeah. So he fights from within and and gets you with hooks and fucking and, and crippling body shots. It's yeah. if 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 Khabib is gonna go in for those takedowns, he's gonna fucking get caught. Yeah. Is it gonna get caught bad enough to put him down? We'll see. Yeah. You know that could be the end of a of a very long lasting legacy because if he puts down Gaethje and wins. He's not. There's no one else that that is that big of a threat. Yeah. At, at, at all by yeah. a long shot. Yeah. So it's really a test to see is he going to continue to reign as the undisputed champion? You yeah. know, is is that what he's going to continue to do? I I love Khabib. I love Khabib for his story, for where he comes from. Literally comes from the gutter. Yeah. Um, and especially after just losing his father, his coach, such a well-respected man. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to see him win for that reason. I want to see him carry on the legacy in his father's name. Um, just being the fucking eagle, you know? Like, I love everything about him. Mm-hmm. As an American, though, I love the American brawler style. Yeah. I think that's who we are as Americans. We're brawlers. We're street fighters. Mm-hmm. You know, if we saw Gaethje, say he wasn't a UFC fighter, we saw him out at the bar, that would be a bro. That'd yeah. be someone we fucking chopped it up with. Mm-hmm. Knew if shit popped off, I'm fucking going back to back with him and we're fucking tearing yeah, shit up. Absolutely. You know, so it, it, it's 100% going to be an amazing fight. Yeah. It's who comes out on top. Yeah. And either way, I'm not going to be upset. I I, I want to see Nurmagomedov continue to be the champion. Um, but I am more so looking forward to the performance that these men are going to do. You talked about them not so much talking shit, but saying where they want to take each other. Yeah. They want to... They want to show one another who the better man is, yeah. mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing to see. And you yeah. don't get to see that every day. Yeah. You don't get to see that every every 10 years you get a fight like this. Yeah. You know, and then as long as when it's, when it's time, when that fucking cage locks, they give it their all, very well could be the fight of our fucking life. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, I think the biggest thing with these guys, too, is... Um, Justin Gaethje has built from inside the octagon. He had his two losses. Uh, I think he fucking lost to Conor McGregor. I think Conor McGregor beat him before. Either him or Dustin Poirier. Dustin. Conor beat Dustin. Conor beat Dustin? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Look it up real quick, actually, because I don't know if Gaethje lost to McGregor. So he has two losses for sure. Um, Let's see right here. Um, How do I fucking look at his... Fight history. Let's see. Oh, maybe he did. Um, but going to that, what I see is. Oh no, um, he lost to Eddie and Poria. You're right. He did lose Eddie Alvarez and and Dustin Poria. Okay, so I see that as growing in the octagon and learning to deal with 
um, adversity in the octagon and outside, you know, in his life, you know, shit he had going on. Mm-hmm. So they both have grown, um, in t- you know, in two different ways. Khabib coming from absolutely nothing and training, you know, like how they say he fucking wrestled bears. They don't say that he did. They show it, right? Yeah. He wrestled bears and fucking... Ran up the mountain. Yeah, and swam in that, in that fucking river. You know what I'm saying? In that fucking running ass river fucking as resistance swimming in it instead of like a fucking pool yeah, uh, in, some, in the U.S. in a UFC training facility. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you State know... State of the art fucking gym. Yeah, and then he fucking loses his dad. So they both... You know, I, I'd say Khabib's story is more like it's um, better for the for the for the script. Yeah, fuck yeah, know? absolutely. But they both got something to fucking lose here. Yeah, and and they both lost um their they both lost things to make them who to, they are. Yeah, and to, where they're to make at. them who they are and to give them that extra push. So you know, I think if um if Khabib wins, um. I think him and Amanda Nunes go down in history as the two greatest UFC fighters of all time. For sure. I mean, for sure. There will be, and I would put a lot of money on this. I don't think Amanda Nunes is ever going to get beat. Uh, dude, honestly, in, unless unless she just keeps going to a point where it's like, girl, you're past your prime, maybe. Yeah. But dude, she and she's so fucking humble. And, yeah. You know, even watching her when when put like pre fight against Cyborg and Cyborg is calling her out of her fucking name, which was dumb as fuck. And yeah, saying you're fucking well, dude. Cyborg's a bad bitch. Yeah, you know, she is. you you don't. I honestly thought that Cyborg was gonna fucking eat her whole. See, I didn't see that happening. Dude, dude, Cyborg Nunes is just is so, so dominant. Thick, you're right, and you're right, and that's what I learned. Yeah. You know, there's no problem in admitting that I misjudged that fucking fight, <laughs> you know, like what it is what it is. Yeah. I just know Cyborg is the beast she is, mm-hmm. but Nunes has proven herself, just like you said, as the greatest of all time. Yeah, and, definitely and, the and, greatest woman, for oh, sure. For, and that will never, fighter. that won't change for a long time. Yeah. You know, I, I don't see anyone as promising as her. Um, that's going to be able to do what she does. Yeah, I fully right. agree with that. And I think she showed um, in her last fight, I can't remember who she fought last, um, that kind of, I think she, she wasn't random per se. Um, uh, let me look it up real quick. Oh, fuck that. I think that uh, her and Holly might be getting ready to give it a go again after Holly Holm just won her fight. That um, was a fucking dope-ass fight. She's fun to watch fight, dude, bro. I love watching. When she fuck, dude, that girl... Um, as far as throwing kicks in women's UFC, mm-hmm. she is probably the most sound and precise kicker in the in women's UFC as a whole. Yeah, that poor girl, dude. She she fucked her up, dude. Holly Holmes was fucking looking like nothing even happened to her after that fight. Oh my god! So Amanda Nunes hasn't lost since uh, two thousand fourteen. That's insane! What a run! Six so, years undefeated. Crazy. Oh, and she got knocked out. That's fucking crazy. Kat Zinganu? What? For really? Real? Was this uh Strike Force? What were they fighting? Are they in UFC when this happened? Um I don't even think women were in the UFC in twenty fourteen. It doesn't say No it was Wait, did you just say Nganu? No, Kat Zingano. Oh, okay. Let me see. UFC Johnson versus uh, Carasso. Carasso. I don't even know how. Oh. Demetrius? Yeah, it was fucking Mighty Mouse versus okay. some fucking idiot Random. who thought he could knock yeah. him out. And Mighty Mouse also debatably almost went down as the best. He, he is the best in that weight class of all time. What a fucking fight card that was. 
Donald Cerrone versus Eddie Alvarez, Ooh. Conor McGregor versus Poirier, Yal Romero versus Tim Kennedy, Kaz Ngannou and Amanda dog. Nunes, Dominic Cruz and Miz- Jesus Christ, what a fucking fight card. That is a beautiful card. But you know what? We also didn't have all this fucking shit we do now to like to like stream shit the way we do. Right, right. You know and saying? they were so they were making fucking cheddar, dude. Yeah, they were they were bulking up those fucking fight cards because they weren't every single weekend like they are now. Absolutely. My hands down one of my favorite UFC cards of all time, UFC 196, hanging high and proud on the fucking wall. Mm-hmm. Misha Tate, Holly Holm. I watched Misha Tate choke her out, and that's where you see a true champion. Holly Holm didn't even tap. She fucking got put to sleep. What a fucking badass. That's fucking terrifying. Then dude. after, uh, Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor, their first fight, so much animosity between the two of them. Fucking Connor thought he was hot shit. Diaz was ready to rip his fucking head off and did just that. That was a fucking bloodbath. They continued to slug each other. Connor got hit with that Stockton slap and I was jacked up. That is, I know exactly where I was at, what I was doing, and who I was with when I watched that fight. Yeah. And to watch Connor tap like a fucking punk. I loved it. I just, I couldn't stand Conor McGregor at that time. I yeah. fucking hated him. I was yeah. like, dude, fuck you. I, and I love Nate Diaz. I love who he is as a fighter. Yeah. I, I would like to see, I, I hope his brother does some cool shit. Yeah, they got to let him back, dude. Yeah. I is mean, he why back the fuck now? not? Dude, Clay fucking Guida still fights. Why the fuck would they not let him yeah, back in? Yeah, shit's fucked up right I now. I mean, I can't believe Clay Guida still fights. He gets fucking destroyed. And Diego Sanchez just fought again the other day, too, like two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, well, Jorge Masvidal is like is is kind of that bad boy in the UFC to the point where like they don't really give a fuck anymore. They, it is what it is. It's a lifestyle. It's the fighters' mentality at the end of the day. Like yeah. just like in um in Kingdom, like those dudes really live that life. Yeah, they put their body into so much stress. They're fucking meatheads half half the time. Yeah, that's they, all they got. That, that's how they live, dude. Mm-hmm. They, they're 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 savages. They're like Vikings. Yeah. Um, fully agree with I'm that. definitely looking forward to it though and you know honestly you know before we wrap up thank you for coming back on dude it always just runs so fucking smooth when you're here oh, everything yeah. is just easy going perfect and I appreciate you for that and I appreciate you having me out man it's always good to uh, be able to talk to the people and enjoy uh, some just good conversation with you like you said it always flows right and you know, we may go off topic a little bit, but it always seems to be like the right topic. Like we didn't know it was, it was lying there right beneath us. Like, hey, you guys should probably talk about this. So, yep, we just kind of you know tiptoe over to, it and it always works out. Get so, it going. Yeah, yeah, greatly appreciated, my friend. All right, brother. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Mind If I Crash podcast. We'll catch you next next week, folks. See you next time, y'all.